Okay, well, I am so excited to welcome Jen to my very first podcast episode of the Bird Nerd Book Club. Jen, would you tell everyone about yourself? Sure, yeah. Um, and thanks for having me, Hannah. This is uh, very excited. Um, what a great concept for uh, a podcast. And, um, you know, there's such an interest in birding right now. And um, it seems like, you know, um, any book that people can get their hands on to either learn about birds or, you know, hear about people's experience while out birding um, are, are really popular right now. So um, this is a great, great concept for a podcast. Well, thank you. So um, tell us about yourself. You're a Texas birder, but I know there's a lot more to that. Yeah. Yeah. So I came to the birding party pretty late. Um, I was, you know, well into my thirties uh, and um, had already been a park ranger uh, at Bastrop State Park. Wasn't into birding when I was there, which was very odd. I love nature. I've always been, you know, very outdoorsy and stuff. Um, but birds hadn't really landed on me yet. Uh, and it wasn't until um, I had a um, accident on a, a, my Mustang, bucked me off. And uh, I had a back injury and I needed to do something a little slower. Uh, and so uh, my husband took me out birding one day and and that was it. I was hooked. Uh, and I was reading books, um, you know, uh, listening to bird sounds at night, uh, which was pretty funny for my husband. Um, he thought that was hilarious. Um, I was, uh, I, I, I flew, I had a four hour flight. And pretty much the entire flight, I was um, listening to bird calls. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it kind of it kind of stuck. Um, and then um, somewhere along the way, uh, I decided to write a book about cool places to go birding in Texas um, that were easy to get a, get around once you got there. And um, so the name of the book is uh, Parking Lot Birding, a fun guide to discovering birds in Texas. And um and the parking lot part is sort of a um, uh, a running joke uh, between my family and, of course, many, many other birders. Um, it, you know, you you go to this wonderful habitat, this perfect place. You, you know, hike all the trails, you do all the things and you get back to the parking lot and 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 poof, that that bird that you've been chasing for the entire time is, you know, right there, either in the tree next to the parking lot or on the campus of the nature center, or maybe right at the bird blind, the, the one that you didn't go to because you thought it was too close to the, you know, um, to the, to the nature center or whatever. And um, yeah. So, you know, we, we just started joking and be like, Oh, we must be getting close to the parking lot because I'm seeing all the birds. And it's not that the, they're, that they do not center around the parking lot. It's just easier sometimes to see them um, from those, you know, contrived spaces there. And um you know, sometimes when you're out on the trails, it's very thick and dense and you don't have the same sight line, um, you know, as you do from a bird blind or, you know, a nice boardwalk or something along those lines. So that's what I focus on in the book is those easy spaces um, to go and see the birds. And, um, you know, because I, I want somebody who is um, picking one of these places uh, to have a good time, you know, um, I talk about what birds are going to see in different seasons, um, you know, kind of give them some targets to look for um, and think about. Um, and then I also give them some targets for, you know, oh, well, you know, once you get past birding at the parking lot, 
you know, walk down the, the little nature trail um, that's there or head over to this bird blind or, um, you know, uh, take a walk around to all the feeders uh, uh, of the visitor center. You know, again, giving people something um, to do when they get there. Um, and that came from when I worked at Texas Parks and Wildlife, I um, was part of this big research project called The Nature of Americans. And in that study, um, and I got to sit behind the glass and listen to all the people, you know, talk about their experiences in nature or, or why they weren't out experiencing nature, more to the point. Um, and and there, um, most of the adults said, I know that I need to get outdoors. I just don't know what to do when I get there. Kids knew. The kids were like, I love being outside. I love playing. I pick up a stick, I run around, you know, it's all good. But adults needed something a little bit more targeted. And so that's what I focused on in the book was to help them guide them through their experience until they're comfortable on their own to just be like, oh, I'm going to walk out my front door and, you know, go see some birds today. Yeah. And, you know, the whole parking lot birding concept after you came out with that book and I started thinking about it more every single time we were out birding. Like we will, you know, hike a mile or whatever, get back to the parking lot. The bird is there that we were looking for, or, you know, it's birdier at that spot. So you've definitely made an impact on me that I, I think a lot of times now, like, well, let's just, you know, stop in the parking lot for a little bit before we go out on the trail or afterwards. And, you know, you'll likely see some really cool things. And I think that's, it's really um, impactful that, you know, you empower people to like, you can just stay in the parking lot and you'll likely see things, but also, um, it, it allows, you know, accessibility since not mm -hmm. everybody, you know, has the ability to go out and hike, you know, a mile up, you know, a steep trail or whatever the case may be. So it's, it's like, it's okay to just bird in the parking lot. So I was very excited about that book coming out. And I'm really excited about your next book that will, you said is coming out in July, Cemetery Birding. Would you tell us about that? Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is a follow-up to um, Parking Lot Birding, and um, I started kind of, um, while I was doing the research for Parking Lot Birding, I, I kind of stumbled into a couple cemeteries as I was, you know, people were like, oh, you got to go here, and, and you know, there was a couple like rare birds that had shown up in a, in a cemetery in Corpus Christi, and I was like, gosh, you know, this is really great habitat here. Um, there's you know, there was really beautiful live oak trees and um, the grass was uh, watered in some of the areas. And so there was plenty of insects. Um, there was some uh, some understory uh, kind of along the fence lines and stuff. It was really great habitat. And, and so I, you know, started kind of thinking about it. And then uh, I met uh, or I saw one of my kind of um, uh, birding um, hero, nature heroes, um, the Holtz, uh, Scott and Joan Holt, um, down in Port Aransas. And they're like, yeah, we love, you know, we go to the Southern cemetery and they were kind of, you know, I was like, Hmm, all right. So I started thinking about it. And, um, and then I decided just to have a day one day. I, um, I went out and I just kind of rambled around and went to different cemeteries. I love cemeteries also. I think they're, they're beautiful and, um, there's so much story in them and cultural history and, you know, all of this other stuff. And I so then I really started thinking, oh gosh, you know, uh, I am seeing some good habitat here. I'm seeing some really great birds. Um, 
And then I read a book about Connie Hager uh, and, um, and, and she loved going to birding and cemeteries. I was like, well, if it's good enough for Connie Hager, it's good enough for me. And that was the beginning. Um, and so I started doing the research. Um, I started doing the research at the end of 2019. Uh, and, but just lightly, I, I was really focused on this other book project that I was working on with my mom about, um, uh, women and conservation. Um, but then here came COVID and, um, we had to sort of stop doing the interviews and all the research libraries were closed and, you know, and so, but the cemeteries were open and gas prices were like a dollar 25, um, at the beginning of COVID. And so I just, I went out, I would pack up the van with everything I needed and uh, I would be gone all day and rambling around Texas because it was also the spring migration. Um, and so I was like, okay, I can go to cemeteries. It's safe, you know, um, and, uh, and, and just burned in my face off and, um, and really, really got, I think a really probably once in a lifetime look at some of these spaces because there was no other noises. So I could really listen to the birds. I could really hear what was there, really see what was there, think about the habitat. It was, it was really, really a, an amazing experience, um, during that short window of time. Um, and then I could I just continue the the research through 20, I think at the end of 2022 was the last one that I included. And then, is that right? No, middle of 2022. And then, um, and then it went off uh, for peer review. And then <clears throat> once, once a book leaves your hands, um, then it goes through this really, really long process of being edited and, and reviewed. I work with um, university presses, so um, they peer review everything. Um, and so it goes off for that. And then it comes back and gets edited again. And then you have to send all the photos in and then those get edited. And it's a long process. Um, and which is, you know, once you turn it in, it's probably gonna be anywhere between nine and 12 months before it actually comes out. Um, and so uh, that's where we are now. I'm just in the waiting period, but um, I'm very excited about the cover. Um, it uh, it has a, a beautiful mockingbird that was, um, it's the state bird of Texas. And I was, um, he just was like, you're going to take my photo today and, um, and you're gonna like what I'm showing you. And he just perched on this perfect, um, you know, headstone. And I was like, all right, good, thank you. <laughs> So yeah, that's that was the kind of the research for the book um, in in going out to these places. Then I then I really did a lot of research about um, you know cross referencing between if there was um, if there was already an eBird uh, list that was even a bonus. Um, sometimes I would start one, and then other people were starting to contribute to it once they saw something come up on eBird, and so that was exciting to be able to get some kind of real-time data in the different seasons of what was um, showing up there. And then other times I had to just look at the habitat and go, okay, you know, I'm pretty sure what's going to come into this type of habitat. Um, and then, you know, cross-reference it between a couple locations that were real close and had real similar um, types of, of habitat there. I also wanted to make sure that there was a, a nexus between um, habitat and history you know, um, the newer, a lot of the newer cemeteries are just these mode, 
um, fields. Maybe they have a ton of, you know, fake flowers and stuff. And that's just not what I was looking for. Um, you know, wanted it to be, um, have great habitat, but also have something interesting, you know, about that particular cemetery. So I went to about 200 and I think it was about 260 cemeteries total. Um, and, uh, and narrowed it down to, um, 91, I wanted one more than parking lot birding. Parking lot birding has 90 locations. Cemetery birding has 91. (laughs) And, um, and there, and I, you know, I did include a little bit more of the history of each one of those cemeteries because each one had something fascinating, you know, um, about it. And um, and some of our really, really awesome nature heroes are are buried here in Texas. And so, um, you know, if I could, I would just include a little bit about them and, you know, make sure people go and pay their respects when they're there. Sure. Yeah. So um, thinking about cemeteries a little bit. What did you learn anything um, unexpected about cemeteries while you were doing this research? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Um, and and the answer is yes, like lots of different things. Um, at first, my my first um, thought was, oh, people are going to be offended if I'm here birding. Like that was sort of looming in my mind. And then um, I was down in Kingsville, actually, at the cemetery there, um, where the, the whole King family from the King Ranch is buried and stuff. And um, this man was there and um, he was working on, you know, he was mowing and he was, you know, kind of like tending to um, his son's uh, site. And um, and he, you know, saw me and he, you know, it was a beautiful day and he asked me what I was doing. I said, oh, you know, I'm, I'm just uh, looking at some birds and stretching my legs and walking around. He says, Oh, I love birding. I love it that people that you're birding here. I see all these great birds. And uh, he's like, it's so beautiful. And I think that they're calling, I I think that they're um, singing for my son. And I was like, wow, what a great, you know, thing that he thinks of uh, when he's out there. Cause he said he came out there every week and I thought, okay, well, that's great. You know? So he was really pleased that I was there. And I had several more experiences like that. And I thought, okay, you know, people aren't really, um, they're not offended that I'm walking around looking at birds and not here, you know, uh, grieving or tending someone's, you know, um, uh, graveside or, um, you know, and so that, that meant a lot to me. That was a very, um, pleasant experience that I had and, and, and something that I discovered. What I also discovered, um, while doing the research was cemeteries are our first parks um, in the United States and um, in Mount Auburn, which is uh, up in the East um, was really designed um, for the living and not the dead. Um, it was meant to be a park and it was meant to be this like really beautiful um, space in nature um, because at the time, um, it was the time of the romanticism uh, and movement and where we're having deep feelings really meant something. And so um, it, it, they call it the cult of the melancholy, which I love that term. Um, and and so nature was is was this place that you could have these deep feelings and um, you know, whether it's the blossom of a cherry tree that evokes, you know, joy or 
a willow tree that, you know, evokes sadness or, you know, whatever the experience is, nature was, was the backdrop for it. And so, um, that, that was the first part people take picnics and they would go in Texas. The very first park, um, in Texas was in Houston and that's Glenwood cemetery, um, down there. They put a trolley line out to it. People would go and have picnics. They would have family reunions out there. Kids would be playing, you know, I mean, it was, it was a very, very different, um, uh, scene than what we, you know, usually see today. You'll see remnants of that. Like you'll see, um, especially in the rural cemeteries more, you might see like a big kind of open pavilion, um, with picnic tables or, uh, even a barbecue pit, like out at, um, Liberty Hill, there's like a whole barbecue area that you can barbecue at, um, you know, so that's inviting those families to come and enjoy the space and, and be part of it. Um, you know, so that was, that was cool to, to kind of land on that research as I was thinking about, you know, these spaces as a natural habitat and in the context of conservation, um, and, and then how, but how do we as, as humans also use them? Um, so that was kind of cool. Um, you know, I, um, I really enjoyed doing that research uh, on that aspect too. And, and how they were designed. That was fascinating to me too, is, you know, most cemeteries are kind of these grid things, um, but the ones that were really designed to sort of be a park, um, they had these like looping pathways and fountains and, you know, amenities that um, made it more of a journey um, instead of just, you know, okay, you're at plot 67 and, you know, group K. <laughs> yeah, that's all really fascinating. And, you know, I'm glad you say that, that um, folks are, or at least the gentleman that you ran into was, you know, happy you were there. I, Eric and I, um, we chase, we were chasing some flycatcher and a cemetery in Katy. And there was um, a memorial going on at the same time. And I just felt so uncomfortable, you know, that I was standing here enjoying birding and everything. And there was this family that, you know, was grieving right next to me. Um, so I, I know that I'm sure that there's situations like that, but it's, it's great to hear that, you know, folks, um, generally don't, you know, mind you being out there. I'm sure they, they appreciate that these sites are getting visited um, mm -hmm. because there's so many times, you know, you drive past the cemetery, there's not a single person there. And like you said, it, it is open space and a lot of these places can provide good habitat. And, you know, you're also, I feel like, you know, um, giving a, additional use of it, which is, yeah. is important when we're, you know, a lot of places are lacking um, space mm -hmm. and, and attention. Yeah. Yeah, you're exactly right. And that's, that's one of the things I loved was, you know, these are open public spaces. Um, and, um, and I, you know, a lot of times I wasn't the only kind of non um, grieving, um, you know, person there. Um, you know, there's people walking um, or, or jogging and, you know, um, being, you know, physically outdoors and stuff. And, and uh, because they, they usually have good uh, walking paths, you know, um, or roads, uh, to get around. And so, you know, that was nice to see those folks out there. I will say if there is, um, you know, a, a graveside service, um, or a group of people that are, you know, kind of gathered, uh, I give them their space. I go to the other side, um, or, uh, you know, I just sort of, um, if it seems like it's really, a big, um, service, you know, I might even just come back later. Um, you know, um, 
but most of the time I just kind of go to the other side of the, um, the cemetery and, and, you know, bird on that side and, and let them have their space and stuff. Um, and because, you know, that is, that, that is the primary reason, you know, for the, for the, uh, um, cemetery itself. So, yeah, I mean, it is, it is different than, um, birding, you know, at a, uh, a park or a nature center or something like that. There's, there's this other, um, layer of respect that you have to have, you know, when you're there. And, um, you know, so that kind of adds an element. I will say that the other, um, kind of completely shifting gears and getting back to the roads and stuff, that was one of the things that I, um, was really, uh, wanted that I included. I talked to, um, Virginia Rose, who's head of, uh, birdability and, um, uh, just about, you know, accessibility and what does it look like and stuff. And so at the end of every location, I mentioned, you know, is this uh, an accessible space? Um, or, you know, maybe it just has gravel roads and it's not really that accessible. Um, or maybe it's really steep, you know, there's several, several um, places that are pretty steep. So anyway, I, I try to include that in all of it, uh, again, because I want to, you know, I want people to get outdoors and see these, these wonderful spaces, you know, a lot of the historic cemeteries, they're um, uh, like Oakwood um, in here in Austin. There's not, there's not new burials. But it's, it's been full for a long, long time, you know? And so, um, and so in order for that to still be a relevant space, you know, we, we have to use it um, in a different way. Um, and so getting people out and, and birding and, um, or, just walking in and enjoying nature. Um, I, I personally love looking at the headstones. I'm fascinated by the names, um, the waves of people coming in, um, you know, it tells the, the real story of immigration in, in the United States and in Texas. Um, it tells the stories of diseases that, you know, come through. Um, uh, but there's also this real artistic element that I love of, you know, the different styles and the different font styles that are on them. And anyway, I, you know, I mean, if the birding's not great, there's plenty of other cool things to look at when you're out there. <laughs> so did you receive any feedback that surprised you? Um, yeah, yeah, I, I did. Um, which was all good. Like I didn't meet a single person. I was like, what? Um, they were, it was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I love going to cemeteries or I, I birded at a cemetery and I really loved it. You know, um, there was this real acknowledgement of either, um, people's joy of going to cemeteries and just walking and looking at it, uh, or, um, or maybe they had stumbled in one, um, you know, birding, uh, you know, somewhere along the way. Um, I, uh, the city of Austin wanted to, um, they're always looking for new activities and stuff, um, to bring people to the cemeteries again, because they are run by the parks department and some of these older ones, you know, they're trying to make sure that they, you know, are a used space. And, um, and so they reached out and they said, Hey, do you want to do a birding walk? Uh, they asked Travis Audubon. And, um, the, and then Travis Audubon reached out to me and, um, this Saturday we have another one, every single one that we've done has been completely full. Um, I think, I think the longest waiting list we had was like 32 people. Wow. Um, yeah. So, uh, I feel like, uh, it's a thing. And, um, <laughs> um, so, 
you know, uh, I was, that in itself is a real statement of the curiosity of people um, that they have. And then on several of the walks, I think I've done five, four total, and then this will be the fifth one. Um, you know, we've had several of the, you know, repeat people coming and they just enjoy seeing the spaces and, um, you know, I've had several say, yeah, you know, I've, I've gone back to that cemetery and, you know, really uh, enjoyed things. And as I'm looking at the eBird list, I can see, you know, more and more people are starting um, to go to these spaces. And, um, you know, that makes me feel good. That That is um, one of the intentions is, is for us to really think about how are these um, green and open spaces, you know, um, meeting kind of some of those e ecosystem services, right? So how are they being managed so that they're good, for, you know, have good birding habitat? Um, uh, what what are the birds that are coming in each of the seasons? Um, because the more data we have on that, the more that allows us to also, you know, give feedback to the parks departments and stuff and say, hey, you know, we like for these things to be managed in a way that are, you know, um, uh, good for the birds, good for wildlife, um, and, um, and maybe, you know, a little less mowing and a little less, uh, you know, no spray, you know, insecticides. Uh, maybe replanting some of those trees that are getting old, um, you know, uh, even, you know, putting in some pollinator plants and things like that. So, you know, just is, is food for thought with how we, um, how we treat these spaces and how we look at them. That's very cool. So um, your book comes out in July, right? Or somewhere around there. Um, how can folks get it? Yeah. So um, once it comes out, I'll have it on my website, which is the atomiccowgirl.com. Um, they can also order it um, through Texas A&M Press, uh, which is who publishes. And then it'll always be, you know, on the bigger retail sites like Amazon Book People and um, uh, Barnes and Noble and things like that. Um, I will say as an author, uh, and I'll say this for all authors that will be on your program, um, Amazon uh, is the least favorable um, to authors. Um, it, it, uh, it, it pays pennies on the dollar, um, to the author. So, um, you know, if you can order it or pick it up at a local bookstore, um, or directly from the author themselves, then, um, you know, all the better, uh, for, to support that person and their work. Well, thanks for yeah putting that in. Um, so I know that you do a lot of events as well. Is that also on your website? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for asking that. Yeah, I do. Um, uh, I have, um, I've already got um, several things lined up for the fall. Um, and then um, I'll be the keynote at the Hummingbird Festival in West Texas, which I'm very excited about. Um, and that's in August. Uh, and I, I think registration's open now. I'll have to check and see, but I'm pretty sure it's open. And then um, coming up pretty soon, uh, I'm doing Birding on the Border. I'll be the keynote there. Um, for uh, that's in uh, Del Rio at the end of April. And I know that that's still open for reg registration too. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time and for sharing. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And um, again, I'm super excited that you're doing this, uh, um, this podcast. It's very exciting. Well, thank you so much.
So thank you so much for tuning into the Bird Nerd Book Club. I am so excited uh, to have Jennifer on and I appreciate you listening. So if you'd like to check me out on the socials, you can follow me at Hannah Goes Birdie on Instagram. My Twitter is at WomenBirdersHH or you can email me at Hannah and Eric Go Birding at gmail.com. I look forward to tuning 